I am a medium. That means I can communicate with spirits amongst other things. I started seeing spirits before I can even remember. I grew up feeling cursed, but now I am taking control of my abilities. Welcome to my spirit diaries. Welcome to Spirit Diaries. Today, I am going to be talking about my experience at Fort Loudoun, which is a place I investigated, and I get to talk about it now. So the episode came out last week. If you have not yet seen this episode, go over to YouTube and look up Spirit Diaries and watch this investigation. Otherwise, this episode may not make as much sense to you. So I'm going to be talking about some things in the episode that I want to talk about further and explain. That way we can have this really cool discussion about it. However, again, I think it would be best if you watched it first. So go over there and check it out. Instantly upon arriving at this location, there is a short drive into the fort and the land is alive and you can feel the Native American spirits. And at this point, I definitely knew Native Americans were going to be a part of this episode, but I did not realize that all that land surrounding this fort was theirs and that they had lived on while this fort was active. This is Birdie from the future and obviously I do want to say I know all of the land, everything. All of it in America is Native American land. What I meant here is that this happened to be inhabited and lived on by a specific tribe, which we will get into in a little bit. So this was actively theirs. It wasn't unused land at all. Back to the podcast. So just like the investigations last season, I do not have any preliminary information and I liked that I went to the Glenmore mansion completely blind, unaware that we were going to go there without even a moment to meditate or channel the location prior. So I took the same tactic and did that here without any prep work, which is new for me. I very much like to take the night before and really sit and channel a place before I visit it. Because oftentimes I will get information even before going on location. And I know that's one of the biggest things I think people get confused about is psychicness and mediumshipness, whatever you want to call it, doesn't have barriers. So I've given a reading to somebody in Singapore before from the US and Africa. So I've given readings around the world and distance doesn't affect that. And I was surprised too when I realized that distance doesn't affect it. So as long as you're connecting and tapping into the energy, you can get anything from anywhere. Of course, being on location is a lot better because at that point, you are physically coming into their space. You are physically interacting with them, especially for spirits who are stuck there physically 
it is much easier to go to a place and see the full story. Whereas when you're looking in, you're only seeing a piece of it or you're only seeing what they want you to see. So when I do house readings, I will start to get stuff before I'm even in the house. But once I get inside of a house, that's when it starts changing and everything opens up. So the fort is similar to the same way. As I was walking up to this fort, I instantly started getting information, but I was wanting to try to keep that as suppressed as possible so I could read it when I was inside. I didn't want to preliminarily start reading it yet. I was alone for most of this investigation, even though I did have somebody else there with me, but we split up a lot and we're on different sides of the fort, so I could be in my own space and not have any other energies aside from the spirits who were there influencing me. What surprised me was, despite the fact that I did get information here, the fort was incredibly quiet, and I don't think this fort is very haunted at all. In fact, I was doing research after we left and I can't find any documented hauntings of this fort. And I'm not surprised. It's very, very, very quiet. And I just don't think, aside from the captain, that there are many spirits who are here at all. I think the only thing that's keeping the spirits alive here is I did see they do reenactments and I think that may confuse them and bring up old energies to get inside of the fort. But overall, this place was actually very beautiful. It was very peaceful and I highly recommend visiting it. One of the main things I really wanted to show, especially with these investigations, is that you can go to these places during the day and there's just as much evidence and spiritual activity happening. So spirits don't only come out at night when the lights go off. They are around all the time. And because they're spiritual, they're not human anymore. They don't necessarily sleep, right? Like we would go to bed and they wake up or something. They're always there. Their energy is always there, especially in a place that holds residual energy, such as historic places, as the fort, and other things like that. There, there is no time. Time does not exist for these spirits. So going during the day is not going to lessen the investigation or the impact that you can get from a location. This video is also recorded in real time. So... As you guys are seeing this, this is actually how things are happening, and I did put it in chronological order. That way, everything is happening all at once, and I think it's funny because I start off at the absolute scariest building, in my opinion, right when we walk in. Now, before walking in, I did see a woman standing on that little platform where the cannons were in a brown dress, which instantly caught me off guard because my non-medium instincts were telling me that this place, I was deductive reasoning that clearly it was a fort, clearly we're going to have something military-esque. And I made the assumption that it was probably all men and no women or children. And I made the assumption that it was probably a battlefield but what was interesting is I, the first spirit I seen was a woman and that took me off guard and I didn't feel a lot of death here at all. 
the most death I felt was in the water, which is where a lot of modern day drownings happen, which I think is where I was picking up there being so much death in the water. I want to say that we can't make assumptions. I can very much go into this place and just assume that I know what this place is going to hold. But this place was the complete opposite of what I was expecting. So the first building I approached was a shelter where they kept all of their ammunition. And this is actually the only building that is made completely of stone, which is interesting. And it was the building I was most hesitant to walk up to. Instantly, it felt dark and cave-like, and I felt just an energy inside of there that wanted to be left alone and didn't want anything to do with me. I instantly started feeling that it wasn't necessarily human, and it absolutely did not have anything to say to me and did not want to communicate. I... I absolutely love that when I walked in that the GoPro I was wearing captured this shadow I had seen with my own eyes. And this is the first time ever in my entire life, seriously, I swear, that I have gone investigating with a camera. So you guys are experiencing all these firsts with me. And I was shocked when I looked back on the footage that there is a second shadow there that doesn't belong to me. And in my opinion, I can see a head shape and a shoulder shape and it sort of comes out of the corner and sort of gets a look at me before I back out. And every time I go back into this building and even when my camera guy goes in there with the IR light, Hey, future birdie here. Yes, camera guy is Robert. It's him. It's true. Camera guy is Robert. Back to the podcast. There is nothing that's seen in that corner, which leads me to believe that it was an actual shadow. Why I left this area and instantly was done with this building and did not stay and try to communicate is because it instantly gave me the vibe that it didn't want to communicate and I don't think it was human. So there are these energies that are not human, but they're not demonic. They're just other and there are some other energies that are elemental where they're things like ants or fairies or other sort of more what you would consider mythical earthen creatures, then there are the shadow people. But this guy, even though it appeared to be a male shadow, this was more of just an energy. And it Wanted to be left alone. And as a medium, I have to respect their space. And I need to respect the fact that if a spirit or an energy does not want to speak to me, I am not going to press it and really push it to talk to me. And there's just sometimes when I can feel maybe a spirit is being a little bit elusive and doesn't feel comfortable talking, at which point I can sort of break down some barriers and get to know each other 
And there's other times when I know no matter how hard I try and no matter how much we start to like talk and conversate and get to know each other that this spirit's not going to ever participate. And that's what I felt from this energy, which is why I just left it alone. And I think having respect for energies is a really important part of the paranormal world. You'll also see on this investigation that I carry around a notebook and write down information as I go. This is the first time I've ever decided to bring my notebook with me to an investigation. Normally, this is what I'll write in prior to an investigation. So preliminary thoughts, feelings, any sort of interactions I have prior. But I thought bringing it with may help. What's really weird is when I give readings, most of the time I cannot remember the details I gave. I think it's because I'm flowing so much information and I'm working on a different realm almost that I just am not recording, especially when I'm reading another person and channeling like a relative or something of that sort. Sometimes it's completely just gone of what I said. Obviously, I do remember being present. I remember being there. I remember us talking, but the details are lost. And a lot of times, I think I'm also not necessarily supposed to remember when we get into more personal life details. And a lot of times, it's more of a conversation between those two people and not me. I'm just the radio. So writing things down in the moment will help me remember what I was actually picking up on. Otherwise, it is almost like in one ear out the other with me. And that just may be the way my own brain works. Wait, 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 wait. I'm channeling a message from beyond. It's from today's sponsors who make creating this podcast possible. Hey, it's Birdie. Did you know that we have an Etsy shop filled with handmade items and incredible vintage pieces perfect for witchy and spooky decor? Go over to spiritdiaries.etsy.com. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-D-I-A-R-I-E-S dot E-T-S-Y dot C-O-M. And indulge in self-care with my handmade bath salts, bath bombs, body oils, room sprays, and 100% beeswax candles. Treat yourself and help us go on more spooky adventures and keep this podcast going. Hey, it's Birdie. Did you all know that Robert and I went on a spooky adventure? We visited six notoriously haunted locations over the course of six days, and we recorded it all. We've even won a film award for it. Yeah, that's right. We freaking won. And this is all available to watch for free over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash spirit diaries. Yep. Go watch it right now, subscribe, leave thumbs up, and tell all your friends about our free season streaming on YouTube right now at youtube.com slash spirit diaries. I can't believe we did it. If you guys watch the investigation, you'll see that there's a lot of times where I just sort of pause and stand there. And while this is happening, I am just being as hippie as this sounds one with the earth and just really letting the energy influence me to where it wants to take me there are many times I start walking one direction and stop 
or I'll turn into a different direction, opposite of the way I was heading. And I think this is really important to really let that natural intuition guide you. Almost like if you're on a hike and you're at a fork in the road, which way do you go, left or right? Well, which way feels better? There's going to be a way when you're looking to the left and when you're looking to the right, one way that your instincts are telling you, you want to go that way. And that's really what I like to do on these investigations. I don't like to put myself into their space unless they want me in their space. And I was really trying to let myself be open and feel this. And I got drawn towards the cabin that I refer to as John's cabin. So I got the two male spirits in there, John and James. It's Brittany from the future and it is 2023. This investigation happened quite a long time ago in 2020. I was just doing research while I was doing the updates for this episode, and this is something we completely missed, but the fort was designed by John William Gerard de Bram, and I am really excited to see that there is a connection from John. So yes, he designed the fort. Well, I know John is a common name and this could completely not be correlating. There's a lot of Johns involved here, so take it for what you will. Could it have been the architect still hanging out in the cabin? Perhaps. There was also a John Elliot, who was a contractor, who was tasked with <laughs> moving the fort's 300-pound cannons over the mountains. And there was also John Stort, who was an officer who had accompanied the garrison and negotiated a purchase of corn from the Cherokee, and he was one of the ones who helped the garrison avoid starvation initially. There was also a John Pearson, who was a scout that found this site to use. And the fort was also named after a John Campbell, who was the fourth Earl of Loudoun, who had recently been appointed commander-in-chief by the British forces in North America. Okay, so this is where it gets good. I said there was a John and a James, right? Lots of Johns around at this camp. But on August 6, 1760, John Stort and James Anderson met with Okanastoda in Standing Turkey. These were leaders in the native tribe, and they met them at Choda to negotiate the fort's surrender. The fort, its cannon, and gunpowder were all supposed to be turned over to the Cherokee, while the soldiers would be allowed to keep their personal arms and baggage. However, on August 8th, 1760, the garrison set out to go to Fort Prince George the following day. On the morning of August 10th, there was an attack on the camp. The garrison tried to return fire. However, in the end, the fort lost. And there was three officers, 23 privates, and three women who were killed. Now, amongst these was not John Stort. He actually survived and was ransomed. Anybody else who was left alive was taken captive, and most of them were ransomed within the following months. Now, there was also a James in the future, James Grant, who was seeking to negotiate a peace treaty, and that was successfully negotiated between Grant and the Cherokee that was signed September 23rd, 1761. However, if I'm being completely honest with you, if there's any hope of accuracy here, 
my best guess would be that if I got John and James together, that they were these John and James who were together in life if they're hanging out in death. Now, it could be random spirits, of course, but for them to come through together and there to be a recorded history with a John and James who were both officers together, I would likely assume that maybe it could be them. Of course, this is all assumptions. I don't know for sure. Obviously, I can't go back in time and ask for clarification. If I could, that would be great, but I can't. And even though John is reported to have survived, that doesn't mean that after death, his spirit went back or a lot of times I think spirits more so than being the actual soul of these people who are trapped in time and space. I think it is a part of them who was left impressions there. These two men were very upset with the leader and they were not happy about it and they were very upset that they had lost and that would make sense if it was this John and James who I found in history because they were told you guys are going to negotiate this and while they tried to negotiate the fort's surrender obviously it was not a peaceful transition so this is a lot of discontempt and it's really really interesting now, this was led by Captain Raymond Demier, and he was from Fort Prince George. Now, this is so cool because this is something that obviously I didn't know in the moment, and I didn't know for the next three years. So I just love that when you look back at it, of course, we have to be objective, and I can't automatically assume that this is the John and James I was talking to, but I do think it's oddly interesting that the situation of the fort's demise happened to match the exact vibe and feeling I got when I picked up on John and James. And of course, in the moment, if you watch the episode, the whole time I'm like, Ugh, these are such basic names. But guess what? There was an actual John and James who freaking knew. Apparently, I did. Back to the podcast. And I was being a little bit nasty <laughs> with my own self because I don't get names often. That's something that I've really been pushing myself to get more of because I want to validate it for myself. If you guys believe me, that's great. And if you don't, that's totally fine. I get it. I would not believe me either. <laughs> I still have a hard time believing me. And I want to get more information so I can really pinpoint these people and figure out who they are and maybe why are they there and maybe if I know more information about them I can help them and a lot of times spirits don't necessarily need help they're not all these lost puppies looking for some great medium to come bring them light and love sometimes they just want to be there and they're hanging out and it's up to you to respect them and it's like why don't you go in there and sage the place? Or why don't you go in there and try to move them on or do anything? And it's like, because if they're not asking for help, if they're not giving me the message that they're lost and confused, then it's not my place to tell them you're evicted. It's not. If they're happy there and this is where their energy wants to be, then all power to you, stay there. I definitely don't expect a stranger to walk into my house and tell me that I need to get out. This is Future Birdie, and speaking of this, I was poking 
a little bit of fun at, yes, you can't just walk in and sage a place, but this is also culturally important for this episode as well, that these men who I was in contact with who did identify as soldiers to me would definitely not appreciate if I brought in sage and use that as a method to move them on. Not only is that a practice from Native American peoples, but the people who were killed by Native Americans would not likely appreciate trying to be moved on with something that was indigenous to that culture. They're probably a little bit prejudiced. And this is something you have to consider when you are working with spirits and they do want to move on. If these spirits express to me, hey, we want to get out of here, help us, that would not be appropriate. And it would be incredibly disrespectful as well to the Native American spirits around that area because that is cultural appropriation of their culture and their spiritual practices that I would be using in just a complete asinine way. That is not something I would ever do. And these spirits would likely need to be moved on in something that they appreciated. So it's always really important when we're talking about if a spirit is like, yes, get me the heck out of here. You need to adapt to them. And yes, spirits can be nasty. Spirits can be prejudiced. They could be on the wrong side of history. But if you're there to help them, you do have to adapt to what they want. And that's not going to be using something that they would absolutely hate or would anger other spirits who were actively involved around them. So that is really important to keep in mind. There are so many different ways to go about that. And that would just be so inappropriate to do. So yeah, definitely a big no there. Let's get back to the podcast. I definitely try to do what I think the spirits will want. And I absolutely love the fact that the cabin I ended up walking into was the cabin. We got these weird noises in. We got the strange light anomalies, which I can't explain. And we also got at the very end where we have a picture with a full spectrum camera of the lights going into that window or they at least look like they're going into that window. And there's a few others speckled around. And that's really interesting because those lights did not appear in any of the other photos at all. And there was several, several, several dozen photos that were taken. And those were the only ones. And out of all the places they could have been located, they were all going to that cabin, which I find absolutely fascinating. I also am really excited that I kept feeling something in the corner of the room where we were getting the light anomalies, which makes me feel better because even though I'm making these videos and even though I have this podcast, I still doubt myself. I have text with the guy who was with me there before we go, and I'll actually read them to you right now. So I said, do you think we should still go? And he said, yeah, why not? What's the hesitation? And I said, fear of not being on my game. I'm always afraid that perhaps this medium thing has just been a lucky guess thing for my whole life. And he goes, well, it's up to you, but I don't think any of this is lucky guesses. And I said, I'm just full of self-doubt, always. <laughs> He said, you've proven yourself time and time again. Just relax and believe in yourself. And I say, bleh, anxiety. 
So trust me, even my personal conversations, I doubt myself. Watching this video back and seeing that we actually captured light evidence. And if you guys listen to the audio, the audio evidence is really hard to hear on like outward speakers like a computer speaker or a TV speaker. I can only hear it with headphones where the sound is really centralized in my ear. It's crazy to me that this has validity, but we also need to trust ourselves and what we're feeling because clearly what we're feeling has some sort of basis. What I realized after watching this video is I was getting frustrated with myself about not getting more accurate names. I got John before I walked into the cabin and after I walked into the cabin, there was a man on the right side of the cabin who said his name was James and I very rudely said, no, that's not your name. I'm not going to write that down. Uh, Who the heck did I think I was? (laughs) Why was I being so nasty? I don't know. I think I was a little bit in my own head and worried about making my first ever video, but that was rude. And right after that, I started feeling this feeling that I needed to get out of the cabin and probably because they no longer wanted me in there because here I am coming in to communicate. And then after I start communicating, I'm like, no, no, I don't. I'm not going to listen to you because your name's basic. Whoa. I needed to check myself and I apologize to you guys and I apologize to the spirits for me getting in this really defensive mindset, but I started getting really defensive too and I think it was because I was taking the side of the Native Americans who ultimately in the end did not like these people and were responsible for killing them and I think Spiritually, I was more on their side of the altercation and I was feeling aggressive towards everyone on the inside. And I think that's where this aggression was sort of coming from down to the point where I flicked off the fort when I walked outside of it because I just felt this intense just distaste for everybody inside of it. And as I'm walking away from the cabin, I get the EVP voice that says, it's right here. I take a few steps and I pause almost like I heard it, but I did not hear that voice at all. And then I start talking about how I heard the words cannon fodder. And what had happened was the soldiers and Native Americans were working together. There was an altercation and they flipped on each other And the Native Americans would not let the soldiers out of the camp. And what had happened was the soldiers on the inside were slowly starving because they were running out of their stockpiles of things. Eventually, they came to a treaty with the Native Americans and decided, hey, let us leave. We'll all get one pistol. And the Native Americans are like, yep, that's fine. And then you're going to give us your cannons, your cannon fodder, your gunpowder, Everything else you have, we want it. Soldiers are like, okay, we just don't want to die. Let's agree to this. So they make the agreement. Everything's all good. And then after the Native Americans let the soldiers leave, they go in there and there's none of this gunpowder and 
weaponry that was promised to them. It's all gone. And what had happened was they buried it. The soldiers on the inside, they buried it and the civilization. So it wasn't just soldiers. It was soldiers, men and women and children all on the inside. They buried everything and the rest they threw in the river. That was the biggest screw you to the Native Americans who got ticked off and went after them and killed everybody. When I'm getting aggressive towards them, I think I was channeling how betrayed they felt. And what's interesting is right after the voice says, it's right here, I get the cannon fodder. So I think this voice was telling me that it was right here. And then I get the name Mary Elizabeth, which I thought, again, was another throwaway name that, of course, oh, you know, a medium goes somewhere and what are they going to get? The two most common names, right? Mary and Elizabeth. But I got them together and I've never, ever, ever in my mediumship life gotten a first name and a middle name. This was pretty cool, but I didn't think it was significant because later I'm talking with my partner who got the history and we are conversing about, you know, do you have this information? No. Do you have this information? No. Do you have this information? No. And all of the information I was getting, he had nothing on, despite the fact he had pages and pages and pages of this place's history. But what's interesting is the mediumship does not get the mainstream. It got (laughs) information that we had to dig collectively to try and find. And I eventually found Mary Elizabeth, and she was married to the son of Captain. And I started crying (laughs) when I found out that she was a real person. Oh, I have full body chills right now. I don't know how I got it right. I don't know how out of all the names I could have chosen, I chose her name and it just happened to be true. Like, what are the chances? And this place didn't exist for a long time. So it's not like there was a very long history of lots of people who were there who I could search through. Uh, that fort actually only existed for about four years. So it was a very short-lived thing that happened there, which is why I don't think there's a lot of energy still there anymore. I also got other information during that that just blew my mind. And I'm still trying to process how it works and how I felt it in the moment and how it even connects and where am I pulling this information from. And such as Mary Elizabeth, there was only one webpage I could find and it was a genealogy page that talked about her. But one of the last things I want to talk about before I let you guys go about this investigation is how cool I thought it was when I pointed up into the rafters and went, ooh, there's something in the rafters. And immediately in one frame, there's that weird light-looking blur. And it could be a bug. I'm not saying any of this is paranormal. It's just unexplained. But it's cool because it happens right after I felt something up there. And I've just really enjoyed that experience because – 
it makes me feel a little bit better that, you know, I'm on to something. There's something here. And I think we're all on to something. And I would love to challenge like everybody to try and go to a place and get any information about it. I, I think it's one of the strangest, coolest things I've ever done. And I'd, I I can't wait to continue this. I can't wait to keep developing whatever this is. And I think I'm getting better because I've never gotten a first and middle name before. I'm, I'm so excited about that. It's pretty from the future here. And I do want to say how monumental this was. I know in this moment I was saying, oh, yeah, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. But truly, I have to double down on what a big deal this was because despite doing private cases, a lot of times with private cases, I can't get validation. If it's not somebody who is related to the person, if it's a spirit that was in the house before, a lot of personal home history is incredibly hard to find and some houses just don't have that information publicly available of who died there who lived there who owned it you know census records might not list everybody properly so it is really difficult sometimes when I do private readings for houses to get that additional validation and of course I've had validation with people when I do private readings for people for their lost loved ones but it has been nothing like this it has not been this strange very validating in history with dates and names and this is one of the first times I really started to get very very accurate and this is something that I have continued on as Spirit Diaries has continued to develop and we've gotten the chance to go to more locations is I really do feel like I'm starting to get relatively good with numbers and names which is something that I really personally want to work on because I feel like that's one of the biggest things that you can validate in research more so than feelings and just the impressions of people so I really am proud of this moment I'm really excited that there was even more information we just found that still connects to this and I want to say a huge thank you for all of you guys encouraging me to get out there and film my very first time. And this was so important too because this is the first time I've ever gotten to watch my mediumship on film. So I've never gotten to record any of it and sometimes the people I read for they'll record on like a digital recorder or their phone or something so they have the audio to listen to but nobody's ever filmed before. This was the first time I had a camera on me to see what happened and for me to look back and for me to analyze myself. And this is why I think I've started rapidly developing with my mediumship is I have gotten to analyze myself so much with these episodes and looking back and seeing where my quirks come in, seeing where I start to get information and I can watch myself. I can see where my anxiety kicks in. I can see where the self-doubt kicks in. And the next time I do it, I know where to work and where to improve. Whereas when I do house readings, that's something that I slowly was growing at over time. But with the camera there, I am actively like, ugh, you need to get better at this or uh, say that out loud. And it's been really, really beneficial. And none of this would have ever happened if it wasn't for you. So I do want you all to know how deeply important you are to me and my life. Like you guys truly, truly, truly have changed my life for the better. And I'm endlessly grateful for that. 
If you guys enjoyed this investigation, let me know. And if there's a place you want to see me go next, tell me where to go. Just don't tell me any information about it. It is really hard for me to stay away from information. So I don't watch paranormal TV. I'm staying away from everything where anybody's going because I don't want to be influenced by anybody else's evidence or anything, which is... Really sad because I would love to see and hear about other people's experiences, but I am very much keeping myself in the dark. So I look forward to continuing to investigate and I will talk with you all next time when we continue some spooky stories. Thanks for listening to The Spirit Diaries.